This is a GRDC podcast. All of the money, resources and time grain growers and their advisors put into growing a crop can be seriously devalued if that grain tests positive to unacceptable levels of chemical residue. Hello, I'm Tony Crowley. This is not a new development, however the problem is new chemistry is being introduced all the time and even old chemistry that was once okay to use might no longer be as market requirements relating to maximum residue limits change. Growers and advisors at the 2020 Grains Research Updates were told they must be aware of the grain market's requirements regarding MRLs and have a better understanding of the risk of non-compliance with label directions. For this podcast, Deb Bishop caught up with Gordon Cumming and Jared McMullen at the Perth Update. Yeah, so my name's Jared McMullen. I'm currently chair of the National Working Party on Grain Protection, which is an industry body um, funded by the GRDC, looking at the impact of chemical use in the industry and how it impacts on market access in relation to residues on the grain. And Gordon, what can you tell us about yourself? Um, so my name's Gordon Cumming. I'm a manager with uh, GRDC and my portfolio is around chemical regulation. Um, so that's about giving growers uh, viable crop protection solutions to some of their needs, but as well as focusing pre-farm gate on farm with those uh, solutions, it's becoming more and more important that we have a whole value chain attitude to this, looking at post-farm gate and market access as well. Okay, so chemical residues, uh, MRLs, it, it, it's an important issue for growers and for trade consideration. But just take me through why chemical use is an important consideration for market access for growers. So, so chemicals are, are used by, by growers for a number of um, reasons um, at all stages of, of the crop growth. So it could be either um, pre-sowing, during crop growth or in fact um, post-harvest. And that's traditionally what the National Working Party on Grain Protection has focused on in terms of post-harvest activities. But increasingly markets are concerned about chemical residues on the grain and so a lot of the chemicals that growers may be using during that uh, early crop growth or during the crop growth um, will lead to residues and um, if uh, even though the growers may be using those chemicals according to approved label rates it may be that in a particular market there is a restriction on the residue level um, for that particular chemical and particular commodity. So from a market access point of view, um, growers need to be aware of the implications of using a particular chemical on the ability of the post-farm gate sector to sell that grain into a particular market. Let's just bring it back a little bit. What is a maximum residue limit, MRL? Yeah, so a maximum residue limit is, uh, is a legal I guess a legal limit of residue of a particular chemical on that particular crop. Um, so basically uh, the regulatory authority uh, in Australia um, when a chemical is registered looks at the residues which may arise through the approved label rate of use of that chemical and basically when that chemical uh, is registered for that crop they set a maximum residue limit or MRL um, which when the grower uses that chemical according to those label directions should not be exceeded. 
Gordon, what, what do you consider to be uh, the understanding of the industry in regard to maximum residue limits? It's almost a bit of a confused message out there actually. So as Jared's outlined, an MRL is set under what is commonly referred to as GAPS, a good agricultural practice, which basically means if the grower follows the label, that's the level, likely level, that we may find in, in that commodity. A lot of the broader community or industry thinks that that's linked with food safety. And it, and it isn't. 99% of the time it has very little to do with food safety. It's really just a trading standard so that I as a buyer or as another country know that, oh, that commodity coming from Australia, I might expect to find that level or something below it. So the market requirements for chemical residues, it, it differs in regard to what market you're working with? Yes, definitely. So each market has their own regulations in terms of um, MRLs and the way that they approach the setting of the um, regulations in relation to both chemical use and residues arising on, on the grain and um, each of those market or the differences in each of those different markets it's need to be considered when we are attempting to trade grain overseas and as Gordon said um, because of the different um, way that these markets set the regulations uh, we need to be aware of the residues that are arising and make sure that we get those messages out to, to everyone in terms of the approved uses and what it means from a, both from a, from a trading perspective but also from a, you know, potentially a food safety issue as well. I mean, we have very strict limitations and, and guidelines on, on the application of chemicals. Um, there's no suggestion here that growers uh, ignore those or don't understand those properly, but it's just the differences in the marketplace, the, the post-farm gate that we're talking about here, isn't it? And, and that's the real complexity here. I mean, Australian growers, generally speaking, do a really good job. We don't want to go using things we don't need to because it's all a cost anyway. And we tend to do the, the right thing and follow the label and, and hence we know, as an industry, what type of residue limits we may find in that commodity. The complexity is that there's two or three links in the chain from our growers to the final consumer. And as a grower, I don't know what marketplace that grain may end up being in. And that's where we need that communication between growers, their decision-making processes, the marketer, and what the des destination market's likely to require. Whose task is that to clarify that and to ensure that growers know who they're dealing with at the end of the day? Well, and, and again, that's the complexity. Um, because if a grower, for, for example, a grower may be making decisions on what they're going to plant a couple of years before they actually harvest that grain. And obviously in that circumstance, they, they don't know what the MRLs will be because they don't even know what what market um, it's going to. Even when they're marketing the or when they're harvesting the grain, put it into a common bin, they don't necessarily know where that grain is going. So it's really everyone along the supply chain has a responsibility to communicate to everyone that's involved in that supply chain that the implications of chemical use in this particular instance won't be necessarily suitable for this market so we need to potentially look at an alternative market so it's it's everyone along that supply chain increasing their communication so that everyone understands the implications of of chemical uses so that as Gordon says uh, when we do market that grain we can make sure that we meet those market requirements and continue to have that 
great reputation internationally of meeting the market requirements. And that communication really needs to be both ways. So traders communicating back to growers about changing market requirements and I guess I'm not talking about every little market but certainly our major export markets. We need that intel coming back to growers and the industry about their changing requirements. But also from a, from a pre-farm gate space where we see significant changes in agronomic practices, whether that's through new, new agronomy practices, new varieties or, or whatever, that information needs to also be going forward into the marketplace, into the growers, uh, sorry, into the grain buyers, so that they can see if there's a if there is a change. And it's one of the interesting things with our whole regulatory process, actually, with the APVMA, we're one of the few regulatory, um, one of the few countries where part of the regulatory process as a consideration for trade. Um, North America, as an example, does not. Um, so yeah, our system is geared towards understanding export requirements, but yeah, it's, it is about communication because it's constantly changing. I understand that in some instances contracts don't state the MRLs that apply. So how can growers have any hope of doing the right thing? I actually think it's really easy for growers to do the right thing, if we use those words in inverted commas. The, the first thing is you do what's on the label and you make sure you obey withholding periods. And then the second thing is that when you're asked, if you're asked through uh, vendor declarations or otherwise, what practices you've employed in, in growing that crop, that you actually tell the truth on, on that documentation. And then the grower has really achieved his due diligence, I feel. So what we're saying here is growers can apply a chemical correctly and in accordance with label directions, but the resulting grain residues might not meet specific market requirements or changed market requirements. Is that the case? Yes, that's the case. So each country has their own regulations, as I, as I stated, and they're always reviewing those regulations. So the, the MRLs may change over time. And obviously a grower doesn't have any impact or influence on those decisions. So what a grower may have um, thought may be suitable for a particular market at one location or at a particular point in time may not be. So in that particular instance, the trade, all the trade is wanting of growers is the correct information on chemical use to be passed from the grower to the trade so that they can then analyse that information and determine where it's most suitable to go to a particular market. Is that the advice in a nutshell for growers here? I think it's advice in a nutshell, yes. So it's, it's all about transparency of the information from a grower and if you look at uh, overseas or anywhere in terms of regulations, it's all about, dare I say it, traceability. It's all about making sure that, that information is known so that we can understand the quality status of, of that grain. So the National Working Party on Grain Protection, that's a link between government and industry, but it's also a link to growers. Is there, is there help there at that level for growers? Yes, so certainly as my, my role as, as chair of that is to look at the changing market requirements, look at the implications on the industry here, pass that back up the supply chain all the way through to growers and in fact prior to growers, to breeders etc, so that they can understand that it's a changing world and they know where to go to uh, source this information. Gordon, from a GRDC perspective, are there any specific management tools that you could recommend to growers? Well, I guess part of what GRDC is about is, and our investments is to give growers a, a broad range of tools that are effective and cost effective. And that includes both traditional uh, chemistry, 
and, and, and partnering with registrants to, to set more registered uses so MRLs are in place and that they are recognised internationally and all that sort of thing. But there's also a, a broad range of investments looking at alternative style of crop protection options and that varies from uh, plant breeding and genetic resistance through to agronomic features such as um, higher seeding rates and uh, crop competition, um, the phenology of, of different species or, or varieties to give us weed uh, competition and weed numbers down. So there's, there's a real depth of stuff going on there, I guess, to dial back a little bit on the, on the chemical use pattern, um, but it's all driven, of course, by, by profitability for growers. But there is a recognition, I think we'd have to say, both Australia and globally, that crop protection choices are getting tighter. The number of chemical options we've got are getting fewer. And they're also new ones are getting a lot more expensive. So we need to be looking at other alternatives to just chemical and drums. Jared, Gordon, thanks for talking to us. Thank you. Thank you. Jared McMullen, Chair of the National Working Party on Grain Protection, and Gordon Cumming, GRDC's Chemical Regulation Manager. And they were talking to Deb Bishop at the 2020 Grains Research Update in Perth. If you'd like to read through Jared McMullen's update presentation, you'll find it by searching Update Papers on GRDC's website. I'm Tony Crowley, and thanks for listening. Music